0: Welcome to Seeing Eye Stories, a podcast that focuses on people and their dogs. These aren't just any dogs, though. These are seeing-eye dogs, and their owners are blind or visually impaired. Many of us see service dogs and don't understand what they do. I'll explain what they do and let you hear from others how these special dogs affect their lives. But more importantly, each person has a different perspective on life and on training or working with a dog as their eyes. These are their stories. Hello and welcome. The Seeing Eye, located in Morristown, New Jersey, is America's first guide dog school and began with achieving their mission of independence and dignity back in 1929. Since then, over 15 other dog guide schools have opened in the USA. The Seeing Eye was formed by Dorothy Harrison Eustis, who originally worked over in Switzerland breeding police dogs. She saw what the dogs could do for war veterans and soon developed the idea to train them for the blind here in the United States. The first Seeing Eye dog user was Morris Frank. He had a female German Shepherd that he named Buddy. Today, the Seeing Eye breeds all of their own dogs at a facility in Chester, New Jersey. They carefully try to breed out common health problems like hip dysplasia, and they look for happy, confident dogs in order to breed and keep their colony going. When a puppy is seven weeks old, they are given to a puppy raiser who loves the puppy and exposes the dog to the world around him or her. But then the puppy raiser has to give the dog back to the seeing eye after about 14 to 16 months. I'm actually one of those puppy raisers, and I'm your host. My name is Magenta, and I began raising puppies for the seeing eye three years ago. Currently, I'm raising my third puppy, a five-month-old German Shepherd. With me today, too, is Regina, my roommate. She's raising her second puppy, also the same German Shepherd that I raise. We're actually in a unique situation because we raise dogs while we're in college. We're both seniors graduating this year, and it's a very unique opportunity because our dogs come to class with us, they live in our apartments with us, they pretty much do everything with us in order to expose them to tons of things like construction, like crowds, like children, and learning also how to be quiet in class and how to sleep and play quietly then. So it's a great experience for them living here, and it's a great experience for us getting to handle a dog and having that responsibility throughout college. Hi, Regina. How are you? And thanks so much for joining me today. Well, Magenta, I am fine. I'm happy to be here. So first, Regina, I know why I started being in this program, because I had actually never had a pet dog before three years ago, and I had seen these puppies wandering around on campus, and I was like, huh, these dogs are in buildings. That's interesting. And I knew I had to find out more. I went through the application process, and bam, I'm here today. (laughs) Proud puppy raiser for three years. So I know I asked you, but I'm not exactly sure why you decided to join.
1: I guess it was because of our budding friendship. I figured, you like dogs? I like dogs. It's a good way for me to help out. And I thought it would be a
0: great opportunity. Puppy raisers don't train the actual guide work. We actually give the puppies just their basic manners. We teach sit, rest, down, come, and forward. And I don't know, did I forget anything, Regina? Well, when a puppy
1: decides to jump on your furniture, you teach them off.
0: Oh, that's true, and um, we also teach them to stay back from open doors, Um, that way they don't run out while we are opening the door, maybe to greet someone or while someone is entering, and we don't give them any human food, which, you know, if they're a guide dog in a restaurant, they don't need to be jumping on anybody's table just to taste that nice sirloin steak. And Regina, can you tell me, are there any downsides that you have experienced
1: from puppy raising? Well, one hard aspect is sending them back so they can undergo their tests and formal training because you have these dogs for a large amount of time and you become attached to them it's like they're your own child and when you give them up it's it's pretty hard i took the first puppy in stride because i knew that i was doing something for someone else
0: we're going to pause right now for our breed all about it segment This is where we introduce the different breeds that the Seeing Eye uses for their Seeing Eye dogs. Today's breed is the German Shepherd. According to the AmericanCattleClub.com, the first impression of a good German Shepherd dog is that of a strong, agile, well-muscled animal, alert and full of life. The dog is longer than tall, deep-bodied, and presents an outline of smooth curves rather than angles. It looks substantial and not spindly, giving the impression both at rest and in motion of muscular fitness and nimbleness without any look of clumsiness or soft living. The ideal dog is stamped with a look of quality and nobility. Difficult to define, but unmistakable when present. Most of seeing eye shepherds are either black and tan, black and fox red, or sable colored. The seeing eye began solely with German shepherds, but later integrated other breeds. And that's breed all about it. Now back to our puppy raiser interview with Regina. No dog is ever forced to work if they don't have the drive or if they don't show that they really want it. They have to love putting their head into that harness, and every one of them that becomes a guide dog does. But a lot of people don't realize that these puppies actually get to play, you know,
1: that it's not always work time. Can you talk about that at all? Well,
0: playtime
1: is fun. There is an area on our campus that we take our puppies to to play they have all the freedom to run around sniff play with toys it's fantastic you get some pretty funny pictures out of playtime there are toys in our apartments that puppies can play with as well and we actually play with them it's nice bonding
0: experience so regina maybe you could share with me some of the embarrassing stories well
1: i remember our first puppy i was on my way to class I gave him ample time to go to the bathroom and he did not go so we walked to class and I put him underneath the desk and the next thing I know he starts trickling that's right folks he trickled in class so I had to take him outside so he could go to the bathroom and then come back get down on my hands and knees and clean up the little bit of puppy pee that was in the carpet in the classroom very embarrassing
0: yeah I mean we can't expect these puppies to be perfect and raising a puppy, you do spend a lot of time on your hands and knees cleaning up doggy fluids, if you will. <laughs> it's not very glamorous, but somebody's got to do it. And to anyone who's interested in learning more about puppy raising, you can visit the Seeing Eyes website at www.seeingeye.org. And thanks so much for joining me today, Regina. You are very much welcome, my dear. Our next segment is I Forgot to Wolf. And this is where you get your weekly dose of doggy laughter. Today, we have life lessons learned from a dog. Number one, if you stare at someone long enough, eventually you'll get what you want. Number two, don't go without ID. Number three, be direct with people. Let them know exactly how you feel about them by peeing on their shoes. Number four, be aware of when to hold your tongue and when to use it. Number five, leave room in your schedule for a good nap. Number six, always give people a friendly greeting. A cold nose in the crotch is most effective. Number seven, when you do something wrong, always take responsibility, as soon as you're dragged out shamefully from hiding. And finally, number eight, if it's not wet and sloppy, it's not a real kiss. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Finally, we have the Just a Tip segment, where I offer you a tip from the guests. Today's tip is from puppy raiser Regina.
1: Well, my tip is to be consistent. If you want the dog to sit, say sit once, maybe twice, and then praise the dog when they do it. The dog doesn't have to be yelled at or fed or asked a bunch of times when they heard you the first time. And even if your dog is slow picking it up, that's fine. Just keep trying. Thanks for that tip, Regina.
0: And that's all for this episode of Seeing Eye Stories. Stay tuned for next week's story from a trainer at The Seeing Eye. Any and all questions, thoughts, or suggestions are welcomed at seeingeyestories at gmail.com. I'd love to include them in the next show. And, of course, visit our blog at seeingistories.blogspot.com. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.